0: We, we are living in a fantastic time. I mean, a lot of technologies have also matured right now. So, you know, you're getting to a place where we've been speaking about certain things for so many years. I mean, throw your mind back 15 years ago when we first met in
1: that era, you know, talking tech and the stuff we had then Yeah, it was quite, and uh, the thoughts we had about the future and where we you are. You know what's so interesting? The, the future has evolved even more amazingly than you would have thought, if that makes sense. And yet, I'm not blown away by what's happened. In other words, at that stage, being a bit of a science fiction fan and fantasy fan and, and reading all this stuff, mm. everything that we imagined then is now actual reality.
0: But we're not as, are you saying you're not as
1: like blown away by what we've got? I'm not blown is away. Is that the I evolution? Mean, had, well, think about it. Hell. In, it. It's not even the evolution. Think about hell in the Space Odyssey 2001. Yeah. I mean, hell did stuff then or right, it was all staged. It wasn't real. It wasn't actually happening. But you imagined communicating with an AI. You imagined it going rogue. Mm. You imagined it locking guys out. You imagined it. You didn't even have to imagine it was happening on screen. It was real. Well, that's
0: like it became a reality for us because we could envisage cause a, the and technology. effect. Yeah. But
1: what I'm saying is, so all the technology they used then, all the communicators in Star Trek, all the crap that looked science fiction-y and set the scene. The guys from the 80s and the 90s and the early noughties mm. who grew up with tech being part of their lives and had an interest were, were aware of all these technologies. The thing was then they were fantasy. They weren't real, and yet they were part of the conversation. They were part of what you watched. They were just one step removed because you yes. didn't have the tech. You couldn't walk into uh, Dion Wired and buy it. Mm. But it it existed in the consciousness of all of us. And maybe, maybe that's why it actually does exist today. It needed someone to dream about it. The
0: idea or the the technology execution. And
1: they've executed. I mean, AI now, you can have a full-on conversation with hell. In real. Mm. Watson's shown it. Lots of guys have shown it. Siri's a bit doff. But Google Assistant is getting there. And I mean, that's available in a 450 buck Android phone that you can pick up at the Corner Cafe. It's crazy. <laughs> so we've, we've, okay, we've jumped ahead of ourselves here. <laughs>
0: anyway. Welcome to the Best in Tech. That was okay. a little impromptu intro with uh, Stephen, snapchat. my guest, Stephen Ambrose. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you. Tell, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. I mean, we've heard you for the last minute or so. Uh, going um, on. <laughs> going on about <laughs> technology. <laughs> Um, but where, where do you fit in this space? I mean, we, we've known each other for many, many, many years, just hovering around the media space, um, talking tech all the time. This has been a podcast a long time in the making. But tell, me, t- tell us a little bit about what you do. Where, where okay, do you
1: well, my history is really, very interesting. I've always loved tech. From when I was a little boy, stole my father's hi-fi set. In those days, I must tell you, this is dating. me It had valves and a magic eye. And I stole this thing, and I was fascinated by it. So I pulled it apart, I rebuilt it, I made it better. And that one thing led to another. Then I became an accountant. Don't ask me how that happened, that was, yeah, but I a did jump. it. I became an accountant. And as soon as I could, I escaped. But what I did all through the years that I studied is I actually was involved in tech. I imported, built, distributed audio equipment because in the 80s, that was the technology but audio of choice. was the tech? Yeah, yeah, the geek, yeah. that was yeah. the high tech stuff. If you wanted to be into tech, I mean, computers in those days filled rooms mm, and needed mm. special floors. And you it, know, wasn't it was the, the whole, stuff you tinkered with at home. No, no, there was no tinkering going on there. Hard drives needed forklifts. <laughs> <laughs> Good old days. <laughs> you know, in the days when metal was metal and hard drives were bigger than rooms. Yeah, anyway, there were crazy. eight eight meg. There you go. I was sitting with, I just did
0: something on M.2 uh, yeah. SSD.
1: I mean, that thing is the size of a yeah, stick, right? a little, little stick of chewing gum. Ridiculous. And off you go. So anyway, so that got me into it. And over the years, my interest in technology, audio, music, has just continued growing. And fascinating over the years, did lots of things. But in the end, I landed up becoming a consultant in the technology space. So I work with a lot of companies on near-future technology challenges i'm not a futurist i don't deal with you know the stuff that's coming in 10 20 30 years time Mm, mm. but every company certainly companies in south africa and a lot of multinationals who come into the country there's specific challenges that exist within the the operational technology space that need explanation and it's not like people don't know what they are it just needs an external view someone who's got a nice helicopter view of what's going on and having been in the space operate in the space for so many years been to all these conferences understood how all the technologies hang together i work with with a lot of companies to help them to integrate this into their planning their strategic planning going forward and operationally how does it actually fit into what they do and how they do it so in some ways i play a catalyst what if you change this stuff how would that affect your business or rather this is the stuff that's happening now. And if you don't use it, what's going to happen to your business? So that's that's my space. Now, to feed my passion for tech, I've got a, uh, a weekly tech show on a regional radio station called High FM where we talk consumer and other tech. We talk cloud. We talk AI. We talk anything, in fact. All the good juicy topics. Absolutely. Anything that… Uh, that has any interest or connection to mm, tech. Yeah. I mean, even I've even spoken to Philips about some lighting product. Because have some
0: great stuff. Yeah, yes. I mean,
1: there's some amazing tech going on in lighting today. And what's interesting, and what a lot of people don't realize, is the science behind lighting. Everyone thinks it's just a light bulb, you screw in the mm, wall. Mm. There's tech behind that. And no, of conversation. Everything's everything got a to well, touch on tech. Well, this morning I said days. to a guy, you know, who was talking about the digitalization of business and tech in business, and you know what's interesting? I said... Very simple question. What tech? What business operates without tech? Mm. I mean, as simple as using your cell phone. Every business is tech-based. Yeah, based. that's
0: kind of usually the first touch point. Yeah. You, especially yeah. in South Africa, a lot of yeah. them, I mean, your mobile phone is your main well, computer in many ways.
1: Well, think about it. It is an unbelievably powerful computer. So that's what I do. That's where I operate. Um, and it's great fun. And the mm. benefit of being involved in technology is it never stands still. Yeah. Every Always day you turn around, you don't have enough hours in the day to read about what's going on, never mind it. Mm, so, mm. it's brilliant.
0: So, in your capacity as a consultant, for looking at kind of looking ahead into the future, what are some of the trends that you've? I mean, is there any trends that you've seen or well, that you can identify that you want the to The biggest
1: from? trend that I see right now, and I've been to a couple of shows in the last year, and it's absolutely clear that the the day the age of the gadget is over. Now, not to say there aren't tons of shiny gadgets out there. There aren't lots of laptops and, and bits and pieces you mm-hmm. can buy. But none of them are standalone. You know, at one stage, you used to go and buy a thing which did a thing. It had a function. It could be super high tech. Mm-hmm. It could be whatever it was, but it was a thing.
0: Your HiFi is a
1: perfect example. Well, yeah. He played music. Played on music. The radio and played And it L- had an LP and maybe a cassette deck. Correct. Now, everything is connected to something else. Everything is multi-layered, multi-faceted, multi-operational. Um, mm. I mean, there's that picture that did the rounds for a while, that back in the 80s, if you needed to do the stuff you do in your cell phone, you had a room full of gadgets. Oh, yeah. Between machines the camera and, and cameras. Yes. And, and now it's all in a tiny 180 gram thing you pop in your pocket and don't even think about. It. So... The big trend, apart from the the big stuff everyone's talking about, cloud and AI and all those sort of things, the big trend is that the gadget is becoming more and more part of what you do and what you have and what you operate, and it's not standalone. Every single thing is connected to something else, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a challenge because it's easy to talk about a thing it's very difficult to talk about an ecosystem or a platform or, or that sort of stuff yeah, because people yeah. lose you. In fact, the minute I say platform, everyone imagines waiting for the train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ecosystem, the well, old ecosystem. Ecosystem, they're thinking about what's going on at the Kruger Park. Mm. So, mm. But these are the big buzzwords that are coming. Everything is becoming a platform. So Everything is part of It's going to kind of ecosystem. fall away
0: as an as a independent thing. It's just going to become part of... So you're not going to necessarily have many things that do... Things separately it'll it'll be like a phone that has a camera and a voice recorder and a screen for well, example look,
1: part of the whole sort of internet of things the part of this whole intelligent everything um, is the fact that devices are becoming much more intelligent the edge devices so the things that report information to other things are becoming super smart in and of themselves so For example, you used to have an answering machine in the home, took messages for when you weren't there. Well, now, as we were talking earlier about AI and everything, and and, and hell, the, the computer, you will have a camera that records what's going on in the house. It'll allow you to see who's at the front door. It'll allow you to let those people drop parcels in your front door. You know, And it's one device that's connected Mm. to other devices. It'll be voice activated. And it's not even science fiction. It's happening right now. Amazon, for example, in the US, if you want, certain cars are connected. Mm. And if you want, what you do is you tell them you want your order, but you're not at home. So there's no one there to collect your order. No problem. Give them your registration number, and they'll deliver the goods to your boot. They get to your boot. They've got a little cell phone or smartphone. They type in a code. Your boot pops open. They drop the parcel in your boot and close the boot. Thank you very much. Off they go. Um, Or, even better than that, if you buy one of their special doorbells and uh, door locks, when they get to your door, they put in the code, your door unlocks, they pop it inside and close the door.
0: So... Technology like that is fantastic, but also, I mean, it's the kind of thing that works and only works in certain societies. Where trust is is an expected norm, I guess.
1: Yes and no, but this actually gets around the whole trust thing. I mean, it always freaked me out. I've got mates who live in San Diego. You order something from Amazon. They're in a suburb like where we are now. It's mm-hmm. very simple. Get home. There's all the parcels outside the gate in the in in this road, just lying there waiting. So that's a trust society. That's very much, that's very trust. But in a major city, it probably doesn't work that way. Mm. And imagine, and that's why the whole idea of having a fully connected, integrated doorbell, lock, boot, Mm. car Mm. system Mm. where you can have deliveries made to you securely with secured people behind doors, but it's the infrastructure, it's the whole connection between all Mm. these various gadgets that make it entirely possible. An authorized delivery agent from Amazon has got the correct technology and codes to get to your address, open your car, open your door, drop the goods, lock everything up again. Mm. It's all recorded. There's a, a record of absolutely everything, so it's entirely safe and secure. And and it's that level of connectivity amongst various gadgets that is going to change was well, not going to it has changed everything. That's why I'm saying it's always great to have the latest smartphone. It's always great to have the latest I don't know what else we talk about, but <laughs> <laughs> come to think well, it just, the just struck me. Features, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but in and of themselves they're useless, shiny, useless things unless you put a SIM in. Mm. The minute you connect that smartphone to the network, suddenly it becomes everything. Isn't that a scary thing? I mean your this device you spend so much money on is essentially
0: worthless if it doesn't have an internet connection. Correct. But that's that, a scary thought. Even with a SIM card and making just calls, it's still that your home very becomes limited.
1: useless without a SIM card. Your mm. car is going to become fairly useless without a connection. Um, everything you own is landing up becoming connected to everything else. And that is where all the change is happening because business processes are changing, mm. companies mm. are emerging, services that you never even thought of. Uber is the classic one, everyone talks about yeah. Uber. Yeah. But all these things were never possible in the analogue era. And that's where we're going. And we're getting to the point where we're post-digital. In fact, talking digital is pretty stupid because what isn't digital? What Mm, isn't mm. electronic? What isn't connected at some level? When last did you walk into a shop and get a handwritten invoice? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a simple little thing like that. You know, so we – and all that stuff is becoming automated. That Mm. is probably the next huge trend. So – We've gone digital, we've gone connected, everyone's connected at some stage, even in a place like South Africa. Yeah. I mean, 95 million cellular connections in a, in a country with, with around about 55 million people, give or take. So, I mean, that makes no sense. Yes. And if, in fact, if you start adding some of the other types of connectivity, machine to machine, and we are probably we're talking yeah. over 100 million connections in a country of 57 million people. Why? Why would you want that? And the reason is because things are connecting. Mm. And things need you know, ostriches, uh, traffic lights, you yeah. name it, yeah. are connecting. So, yeah, absolutely. We live in a, in a crazy time where the technology is becoming less visible, but much more useful than it's ever been for the general people. And even those that don't, in fact, those that have never had an affinity to tech, I look I'll go out, mm. you I can know, go out hunting for the latest thing. Mm. Most people don't get care. Yeah, they just yeah. just sit it's around just and they wait for it to last. happen. Exactly. But suddenly the stuff is happening at a level and a and a, a scale that is actually changing everything. Predictive analytics, another area that is becoming a huge, huge thing. All the big guys, AWS, that's Amazon Web oh, Services, yeah. Google Services. Uh, Microsoft uh, with the Azure platform, Uh, IBM with the Watson platform. These are all server-based, massive server-based platforms. They're all coming to Africa. The first uh, IBM instance is happening in Kenya, much to the horror of South Africa. Um, But AWS is coming to Cape Town and Joburg now. It's on. It's live. Well, once you've got a
0: connection to a place, right... That barrier to entry to that place is so much, so much less, so much easier to get into because once you've got a connection, you're you kind of connected to the outside world, you're connected to these services. Correct. And that's like you're saying, it's, it's, that's what the, the IoT, the Internet of Things,
1: is really going to. Well, yes and no. The biggest, again, the hype and the buzzwords. Everyone's heard the hype, everyone's heard about Internet of Things. Mm. No one actually understands what it means. But when you see the truck going, we live near the Delta. You see them setting up an event at the Delta, and a million chairs arrive, and a whole host of portable toilets, and all sorts of bits and pieces. Now, imagine if all those things were connected. Mm. Now, hang on, stop imagining. A whole chunk of those things are connected. They know where every chair is. (laughs) They know where every toilet is. They know where it moved from. And once you've got that sort of information, how does that change the way your business works? Because if you know where everything is and you know how long it's been in use or what it's doing at any particular yeah. time, whether it's moving down the highway, things like that, it changes the way you think about what you do with people. Yeah. The same way as Uber, having a system like that where they know where every car is, that where there are 30 cars looking for one guy who says, I need a lift. Suddenly the whole system that designates which guy picks it up, how he gets there, that type of stuff is really smart. And instead of waiting 20 minutes and waving your arm in the air for a taxi, you hit a little thing on your, your smartphone and four or five of them whizzing around, one of them comes and picks you up in a minute. And that's the type of efficiency that the Internet of Things... And those are all Internet of Things because the car's connected mm. t- to the platform, um, the, the washing machine's connected to the platform. So these can are real... Fridge,
0: can your fridge tell you what, your, what food you have yes. in your fridge these days? Oh, <laughs> well, listen, if you prepare you remember- to spend the money...
1: Um, both LG and Samsung yeah, have got yeah. fridges with
0: cameras. But that kind of thing, I mean, I guess it's a novelty way of showing what a connected device can do. It's just kind of showing a consumer. There's some cool stuff that really brings into your household when you have a connected device. It's making it real for many people rather than showing them That's a why chair I say we've,
1: we've, passed, we've gone past the digital thing. The reason your chair is connected now, just by the way, since you brought it up, is to, to get the hell off your chair. <laughs> Get up and go for a walk because it connects yes. to your heart rate, and uh, you know you want to be healthy so it knows so much about you and 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 little things like that another real 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 um, internet of things data science thing that is just fascinating is the whole medical imaging business. Think about it. you go to a hospital and you have an MRI. How many people are having an MRI at any one point in time in the world? millions and how many People or, or, um, you know, technicians are looking at those scans. How many doctors are checking to see what's going on? Mm. Now, imagine if you could connect all those MRIs. Okay, let's stop imagining. Guess what Philips and Siemens and these guys who make MRIs are doing? They're connecting all these things because they're digital. The data is stored somewhere. Well, now it's not stored somewhere it's now stored in the cloud on a platform like aws and any doctor can look at it if there's no doctor
0: available locally like in Correct. africa anyway so Correct. So have somebody overseas i saw a product
1: now it. called the doctor in a box which was being highlighted at a at an event this mm. week in johannesburg oh, right. but basically it's a complete diagnostic tool in a tiny little box and what it does it has connectivity so a doctor sitting in kigali or in anywhere mm. doesn't matter can send this little thing out with a technician, he plugs it on, checks your heart rate, everything, and he can diagnose you remotely without ever being near you. But smarter than that, all that information, as I said with the scans, gets centrally placed on a database, and then this massive computing power, all this, I won't call it AI, but this machine learning can scan through three million brain scans. Whereas the average doctor may not, may not see a couple of thousand in his life.
0: And certainly that must also have a massive impact, uh, a beneficial impact on understanding humans, exactly. understanding disease. Exactly. What happens with the body? Because we don't know much, really. I mean, we, well, for all that we do, there's a lot of things we don't
1: know. And every time it's like an onion, every time you peel a layer, there's another layer of understanding. But the difference is in sheer quantity of data, things can be understood and viewed in a way that have never ever been done before in the in the entire existence of humanity Mm. so there are such subtle i mean it's all cool to have a smartphone but i mean when you think about where it goes where it connects how all of this stuff is hanging together and more fundamentally how it's changing what you're doing the predictive stuff is ridiculous so Mm. for example if the if you've got a business platform that's running and you sell ice cream And you know from all the data collected that there are five events in your city that week. And you've got a connection to the weather. So you know if it's going to be hot or cold. And you've got the data for the last five years of sales that on a cold day, you sell 20% less ice creams than on a hot day. Mm. And you know where these events are. because, And you know the people are all moving towards those events. And you know where to place your little ice cream trucks. You can completely change the way you sell a silly little thing like a popsicle. You're not guessing. You're, You're no guesswork. longer You're guessing. Absolutely. Decision. Because if you it's don't fantastic. have any, you can't sell any. So as a business, if you use this data and you use all these sensors and you start picking up information, where information is freely available, event information is freely available. It's all well, online. That's going to
0: be my next question. Like, it's fantastic to have all this data and the capability to capture all this data. but. What we've seen with uh, companies like DNA Twenty uh, Three and Me, you know, the DNA mm, company, mm, and, and mm. what is what what has been said that they are basically, you know, recording everybody's DNA. It's that value. There's a lot of value in owning that right. Apparently, you sign away the right to own the, know, information, the information attached to your yeah, DNA. Yeah. I mean, when we're looking when we're looking at a more practical example for you know, for lack of a better word, the IoT landscape. What about you know, for this business owner? I mean. If the data isn't freely available to him, if you has to pay lots of money for that, where where do you think there's going to be a balance?
1: Well, I think, you know, when you get back to where this all starts, data, I mean, for many years I was involved in actual market research. Mm. Now, you think about how that industry has changed. Go on the web. Anyone who's semi-proficient at trawling Google and the various Wolfram Alpha and the various information sources can pretty much find out anything about anything. You want to know about consumer preference? It's on the web. Mm. Why? Because it's being picked up by various senses, by, by not what people say they do, but what they actually do. The biggest flaw in any research was you spoke to people. There was always bias, call it cognitive, whatever you want, but people told you what they wanted to tell you. So you'd have to do a 1,000 or 10,000 samples to get a, a pretty good idea of what's yeah, going on. Yeah. Today on the web, to get a, ten th- a sample of 10,000 is nothing. You can get a sample of 10 million just through a click of a smartphone. So where we sit in the world is that information may still have a value and it may still cost money. But generally, absolutely everything you want to know about pretty much everything is available to someone who's prepared to look. And if that someone is a computer program that can sift through this information quicker than any human be- being can, you can generate unbelievable amounts of data, not for free, because there's a oh. cost of doing this stuff and a cost of using the platform. Yeah. But the difference is, 10 years ago, only companies that could afford data mining. Processes and systems and scientists and whatnot were massive, massive companies. Today, you can have processing power that makes that look trivial and data capturing ability and sorting ability and AI platforms, you name it, for, the, for a couple of dollars. So the cost of data or the cost of knowledge is approaching nothing because everybody in a business does stuff. You do stuff. You mm. need to know stuff. I mean, if you want to make a widget, you must know whether people want that widget or who else is making such a widget. So if you, you think about it, whatever you do in life is based on knowing what's going on around you. Mm. Whereas before, you'd find guys just doing stuff. You're winging it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what makes the internet <laughs> so fantastic. I mean, yeah.
0: you're you, you 100% right when you say that, you know, everything is out there and available. I guess it's how you dissect that information. Exactly.
1: Exactly, and, and and that's what's so cool about the era we live in. If you really want to find out something, we, we 100% are way past digital. we way into the fourth industrial revolution, as people call it. Oh, oh. We're in the knowledge economy. People are on about AI taking jobs. But trust me, which person under the age of 50 you don't know who's not involved in some form of techie apps, I don't know, doing something in the way of technology-focused oh, yeah. stuff, those jobs did not exist 10 years ago. No. None of them. Not one. So I believe it's actually going to bring an explosion of better quality jobs. Definitely. No, there's going to be
0: a whole array of new requirements stuff for we people haven't even to thought do, about. You know, and stuff like technology, I mean, yes, technology will get clever, but whether people demand the human touch or whether people just, our uh, guess would be better doing certain things themselves. So will always be human involvement.
1: A hundred percent. And I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know what, everyone, you go to these restaurants and you see four really intelligent young guys sitting or ladies and sitting around the table all playing on their smartphones yeah. instead of yeah. talking. Yeah. I think that's a phase that'll go away because truth be told, the interfaces we have today are very visual. Mm. They're very touch-based. They're very physical is maybe the right word. But those physical interfaces are going to go away really, really, really quickly. I mean, I was joking about how dumb Siri is. I'm playing with iOS 12 right now. They've improved Siri by an order of magnitude. I mean, it's coming. They've done a lot of work. They've kept very quiet about it, but it's by an order of magnitude better comparing than to the, to the to older the Siri. Oh,
0: to the older Siri, but comparing it to the other guys, out difficult
1: there? to say because it's very beta. Okay. Does weird stuff every now and then. But Google now has become so good, or the Google. You know, the mm. Google voice activated platform has become so good. And also using the Alexa, Amazon Alexa platform within its skill set, they call them skills, yeah, is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I've been playing, it's a bit of a problem in South well, Africa.
0: How do you use it? Because I don't really use any of these voice assistants or AI Very assistants. Very simple. So how do you do my Alexa
1: hooked up it? Why to do you my. Use it? oh, because it's cool. Because <laughs> it's cool.
0: But what is your function? What okay, is your, my what function
1: at home on my Alexa thing is that. I'm sitting in the lounge. It's connected to my Fire TV, which is, which is a, a, a streaming box oh. with all the Amazon services on it. Um, and it's connected to a little uh, Alexa box. So I sit there and I just simply, because of it's got great mics, you say, hey Alexa, what's the latest on TV tonight? Simple query. And it scrolls through a whole host of things. Or, hey Alexa, I want to watch... Suits. Even for
0: local local channels, yeah, yeah. so it plugs into your DSTV or not? Are no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's
1: all internet-based okay, stuff okay. right now. So anything to do with streaming, anything to do with connected services, it works. So if you ask it, um, what's the latest movie by whomever, it'll give you a whole range of them, and they pop up on your screen. Mm-hmm. You say, See, that,
0: I can I can appreciate that kind of thing. Having having a, a clever entity at home especially Correct. if you have a family around i mean i'm just kind of living on my own so you know talking yeah. to the cats kind of gets that game for me but, <laughs> <laughs> but and they and, listen as well as alexa but they just they just Luckily can't give ignore me feedback you, yeah, there's, there's no clever feedback yeah. unfortunately but having something at home instead of picking up your phone to say what who exactly. is this I, I guess i mean it, it's a big thing if you can take your eyes off a screen and just and, get and the here's the
1: thing i have a little ip camera by my front door and the front door rings and i say hey alexa who's at the front door and a screen pops up on my TV with the camera. That's cool. It's that That's type cool. of stuff. And if I had a lock, which I don't, it's something I'm going to get, if I had a lock uh, that was connected to the whole thing, I'd say, hey, Alexa, it's Jim. Unlock the door. In fact, it might get to the point where Alexa says, Jim's just walked in. I let him in. <laughs> yeah, because
0: you, you say yes every time. And then the one time you don't
1: want him <laughs> yeah. there. Exactly. Yeah, and then Jim, you know, you don't want Jim to come in. You have to put him on the blackout list. But it's that type of stuff that I use it for. And you're often sitting around and you're talking and you're arguing about something and you go, hey, let's just ask Mr. Google. So you ask Alexa, hey, Alexa, who's the person who played soccer in the 40? I don't know. Any random thing. You've just woken up. Everybody's Alexa is listening to this podcast. Well, you know, that uh, that was a thing at the not last yeah lo- Last year's World Game or whatever in America, Amazon did an advert. Of Alexa buying toilet paper. Oh no, that was and the advert on TV <laughs> s- went through the process of ordering toilet paper from Amazon for everybody who and anyone who had a TV connected, they they had like fifty million orders of this particular toilet paper. They had to stop it. It was actually a that huge, is, huge well, problem. These are,
0: I think I, I, these are problems now, but, and I guess we'll overcome them. But the sceptics and so I always you know what how, that did. how do we do that?
1: What they what that brought in. Within two months, the developers had figured out a way for Alexa to know who is speaking. So now mm. it is not just anybody who walks into the room and says, hey, Alexa, you actually train it with your voice. So it recognizes your voice. Now, here's, a, I mean, here's another aspect
0: to that. In the era of Photoshop for voice and Photoshop for everything these days, we can manipulate. I mean, you've seen these videos of the President, uh, president Obama and... Uh, um, uh, Putin having a conversation, or was it? Sorry, it was uh, Trump and Putin having a conversation,
1: but it was all fake. Uh, yeah. it wasn't real. It was talking heads. Well, so it, it's it's like,
0: where do you catch up? The virus or the antivirus?
1: <laughs> Who knows? The thing is that the same as fingerprints. For example, um, it's cold now. Mm. A lot of people have poor circulation. Well, did you know that the fingerprint readers on a lot of the new phones won't work unless they can measure the blood flow beneath your sing- your fingers. So the fingerprint, people are probably moaning right now that ah, this damn phone won't unlock. It's because your circulation is That's poor. Interesting. So what do zombies do when they want to unlock well, Zombies they, they can't, can't unlock, unlock your, your cell phone. phone. <laughs> That's it. We save from the zombie apocalypse. They can't steal your passwords.
0: So the smartphone, I mean, we've talk, talked about futuristic tech and everything, but I think if, if you were to put in any era, if you talk 100 years into the future, talk about the piece of technology that really changed everything in the talk, last I'm not a futurist. Years. No, no. I'm, but, but yeah. we talk, we're looking back from oh, the future. Oh, we're looking oh, back from the we, future. we the single, the, single, the single piece of technology that must have revolutionized the, or, or had the most impact on the technology sector that we have today is the smartphone or the smart device that you carry around with you, right?
1: You're right, but I'd just like to add a nuance to that. What actually transformed everything was the ability to connect to the internet m- via a very simple mobile device. So it was the actual, I don't know which one came first, but the ability to actually use the internet, which was the mm. place for computers at one point, on a simple handheld device changed absolutely everything so the one didn't work but we did have phones before would, the internet I, I
0: agree with you but in, in, in my mind what i was trying to say was mm. definitely that it, i mean the smart device this sc- you know, it's it's Correct. i remember playing with the first what was it called the um with the joey i think um i made the guy uh, hcc i made guys made it before hcc and i made were a thing it was a little palm like device it was a competitor to palm beautiful screen ran windows and it was a fantastic device, but it didn't have internet connectivity, mm. right? Or you could connect, but there wasn't no apps. There well, was there no those, internet there They were the pages. PDAs.
1: So you could yes, do your diary PDF. on it. You'd have to plug it into your computer you could to send mails
0: You could do web only browsing. Only by syncing. Only by syncing, yes. There but, was no web browsing. But there was. There, I mean, they did bring them out eventually with eventually, a, yeah. a, a wireless yeah, adapter, yeah, and then you could yeah. connect to Wi-Fi. Yeah. And then obviously your mobile became a thing. But you're right. I mean, but I think they go hand in hand. The the technology of that smart connected tricorder-like device in your hand. (laughs) As I said, they
1: were were playing with those things in the movies 20 years before they hit the streets. But there's no question that the the ability for things to connect, phones to connect, Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. like this, has utterly transformed humanity. The planet will never be the same place simply because... Of this connectivity and if anything it's going to get deeper and deeper and deeper and going forward not even into the the far future the the connectivity will become so much part of what we do self-driving cars or even not self-driving cars there was a trial very recently between Ford Volvo and a couple of other manufacturers where they weren't talking about autonomous vehicles. They were talking about connected vehicles amongst themselves using 5G technology. Because
0: all the cars can talk to each other so know where they are in relation to exactly. each other. Exactly.
1: So if you're screaming up behind a car and you've fallen asleep at the wheel and the car in front is shouting at the car behind, guys, this is not looking good. The car can wake you up, make a noise, blow or a hooter or s- and slam the oh, brakes slam the brake, at the same time to stop. All sorts of accidents. So the connectivity at that level is totally human-based, but with a level of autonomy that can only improve life, and traffic, and all sorts of things oh, yeah. that that can drive you nuts if if you know cars are doing things. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the afternoons coming out of Santon, you can see which guys are using ways. <laughs> You can absolutely see <laughs> which guys are They're using ways. The They're all taking the same route. They're all ducking into the most arbitrary little roads you never thought about.
0: The roads that I've been taking for years before Waze. Yeah, but I mean, they, you know, but some of us are meet GPS. What if can I, look I at say? My phone GPS. I mean. The, that I use it every, everywhere I go. I mean, even if I know where I'm going to, I put it on because I often you know, want to redirect. And because you don't know a lot of the routes around your main route. You don't know what's there. You also don't know what's there. That's but the most important thing. to be able to zoom out quickly, thing. see what the location yeah. is, you know, quick getaway routes if you need that type of thing. I mean, and, it's again, information that's driving your decision to drive, right?
1: Exactly. And it's that sort of predictive stuff and that sort of information that in the pocket of your in your pocket in your hand it's just mm. it's just mm. absolutely ridiculous and you 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 get used to it so quickly that you can't imagine living without it and that's that's the universe that's we the live in, we're living in.
0: Yep. We just hope that solar flare doesn't uh, <laughs> EMP then. No EMP take that out. Could be a problem. well that's a real
1: post apocalyptic look type it's a real
0: vibe. i mean i mean it, we, nobody knows when this can happen but it's a real thing it could happen you know it's not like this has never happened in the history of the world before I think there was a reported case in the 1800s just before electricity became a thing. And they had some, I think most of the world's telegraph towers were blown out by an EMP. I haven't heard I've, of but that. I must actually go off. I'll That's actually that very things. interesting. Because but it wasn't, a blow, it wasn't a massive impact because it was only telegraph towers. No, no, nothing else was connected. There was no other technology. So, yeah, we, we're living in interesting
1: times. Well, listen, uh, interestingly enough, having spoken to a couple of the guys you know Microsoft had have recently, in the last two years, they had a couple of these security conferences, and I actually happened to speak to a guy about this, and the the thing, the big news then, was the Russians hacking the power grid. Oh, yeah. You remember that whole story.
0: And and, and they actually ended up backing the, what, presidential election? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know which
1: which is worse. But anyway, (laughs) but what this guy was saying about this whole story with the hacking of the grids is that in many ways, because of this, EMP and security, a lot of these things are super hardened against these sort of attacks. Because we don't need a solar flare to take everything out. There are nuclear weapons that can... Generate massive it. EMP no, sure. shocks, etc., etc. Et everybody so, will
0: get. Re- everybody will get affected with a with a global kind of. Well, think of the software. chaos
1: that ensues in Joburg when the power goes out, or when it rains. Well, let's not go <laughs> there. But I mean, the truth is, with all this ESCOM stuff, we've been living in an, in a universe. All right, you got to have a generator and whatnot. But imagine. But think about what goes on in at work when the computers go down. No one can do. anything Anything. people leave work now that's the world you live in so imagine if they go down or the network goes down permanently
0: well we remember a few years ago when seacom went down yeah it was a problem everybody's internet went because that was the only capacity we had now just to Mm. just to kind of move on before we get to the end of the show i mean we're talking about cell phones throughout this conversation and one of the things i really wanted to pick your brain about is i mean obviously mobile phones now are fantastic there are so many great devices so many great options but they all look the same. They all pretty much function the same. I mean, and, and this does support what you were saying earlier, where we are moving away from the kind of gadget era. There's only so much you can. You, there's only so many ways you can reinvent the wheel or, or the form factor. I mean, I'm very happy with a square-shaped phone, some nice glass in front, not too thick. You know, I don't mind a thicker phone as long as the battery's there. But what is the future of this device that we love so much that's in our pocket? Yeah. Are we, we going to see something new in the next few
1: years that's really going to blow our minds? I don't think so. As I said, I think that the, the gadget itself will dematerialize into a, an ecosystem and based on all sorts of platforms. I love these words. But anyway, platforms. Yeah. the functionality that you obtain from these various devices will become part and parcel of every device. So a car without a screen, a car without connectivity, which will have ways and all the mm. stuff on it, will become something you can't buy. So you won't need to use your smartphone for ways because the car itself will have all that.
0: Sure. Built but in, but your phone will still be an important part
1: of your. No. Yes and no. Person, right? Yes and no. Or some you, device. A, com- a, a portable communication device or one that's part of your your daily sort of put in your pocket. But mm-hmm. it might because everything has got screens and because a lot of things will have voice and a lot of things will be visual. So a holographic type. I know this sounds like science fiction, but it's not. It sounds very plausible. There, there are a lot of them out there that are doing it you'll be able to get little pop-up information wherever you go. Mm. So because your information and everything's connected will follow you wherever you go, the need for a personal touchscreen-type device may not be needed. So the smartphone might become a credit card or a type of little disk that you keep on your keyring, which will then interface with everything you connect so the screens will become the screens in your car, mm-hmm. the screens at your desk, the screens on your wrist. There'll be a million different ways for you to communicate using multiple different screens and holographic type projector things and, and stuff. So you'll walk mm-hmm. into a, an elevator or a lift, as we call it in South Africa, mm-hmm. and there'll be a screen in there and you'll need to know something. You'll be able to ask your personal device to just put it up on the screen there. So I, I guess it's going some to make it public and some of it's yeah, not. Some of it's
0: going to be public, some of it's going to be private. I guess it's, it I mean, we've seen, I've seen this type of thing in, uh, in at least one movie before where you throw plenty, things. Plenty. I'm not talking about my reports here. Yeah. Oh, but you got there it was, now. I've
1: got a keyboard that can do that. I mean, I take a keyboard. I've got one keyboard for two computers, totally separate uh, computers. Yes, yes. And I just swipe from the one to the other and it sends the doc to the other computer. That's, what
0: app is that? What uh, app are you it's,
1: using? It's, on a, it's, on, it's an app that comes with the Logitech keyboard.
0: Oh, I must look into that.
1: Have a look at it. So what you can do... And the mouse. So you can actually... Simply, so it's a
0: hardware thing, not a, not it's a software. It's hardware, hardware
1: combined hardware and software. As long as I'm on the same network, I can share a document across two completely separate things using the keyboard. So I just swipe across and boom, the information moves across. I just use so,
0: Dropbox for that, but I like your idea. you yeah, way better. But
1: this works just as well. Then you can work on it on this one. Let's say you, it's a very powerful computer, like you've got a couple lying around here, and you want to do some really heavy graphics or some, yes, some yes. stuff on video, and then you just want to send it to another computer to watch
0: which oh, is great yeah,
1: so you can just other. do that yes, yes, and you yes. can move stuff around and ultimately data will be wherever you need it the day of having data in discrete pockets wherever is gone i well, mean yeah, yes computers now. will have to be uh, phones will have to be smart and computers will need to be powerful yeah. but more and more a 128 gig ssd is more than good enough because who stores everything on their computer I mean, you used to have a ton of music, a ton of movies, a ton of books, a whole lot of other assorted rubbish downloads. I mean, You never
0: need to save files anymore. Remember, we had CDs worth of (laughs) download installers just to
1: keep for testing. And then we had hard drives full of stuff because you never knew when you would need it again. Now you just download it again.
0: My my favorite story to tell, I'm sure you can uh, appreciate Mm. this because you're also in a fiber hood, fiber neighborhood, but um, I'm playing with a one gigabit connection here. So fortunately... Downloading anything is so easy, like a 64-meg installer game file to do some yes. benchmark. It's A couple of seconds. 15 minutes, yeah. yeah. It so is. I mean, so data isn't... It. But, yeah, not having that, it does limit certain things. Though. But fiber in general is... I mean, you can do anything with but it. But it's not
1: even fiber. Fiber's the backbone. There's no question fiber's an sure, amazing sure. thing. But, I mean, you must... I played with some of the real commercial trials of 5G. There's cities in America going live with 5G right now. We're talking one... Gigabit per second connections are standard across mobile devices. Has 5G been standardized? Yes, 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 yes. The final, final, final standard hasn't been ratified. Um, that'll only but happen. But it's not an open thing where everybody's. No, no, no. They thing, know like the standard. Going in the it's all standardized. Mm-hmm. They know exactly where they're going. There are a couple of little wrinkles that'll change, or maybe a couple of little added uh, functionalities and rules that mm-hmm. might be tweaked. But the basic standard exists. It's here. It's available. They understand exactly where it works. The frequencies have been harmonised across the world. The 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 basic connectivity has been done. Um, the reason they're going five. Why they're going five Gs, apart from the fact that they want to be ahead of the game, um, is that they're doing fixed wireless connectivity. It's mm-hmm. not on a handset yet, though. Those will hit the streets next year, sure, sure. guaranteed. Next year there will be five G based. Samsung and iPhones. Samsung. You think, you think, uh, samsung samsung and those sense, yeah. and and Huawei.
0: oh yeah they, they are a... way
1: ahead on that stuff um, and they'll definitely be out there, but the what they're doing with Ericsson and uh our friends at uh I've gone blank Nokia, <laughs> oh yes, because remember the Chinese are not allowed in America yeah, yeah. but so. It saved Ericsson and Nokia having I'm 5G in sure America. were very happy. About the oh, very happy. So, yeah. Anyway, they're rolling out these systems and they're rolling out little like modems, my mm. Fi modems everywhere and it yeah. just covers and, everything. And you've got massive, massive speed and connectivity, but it's not the speed, it's the sheer capacity. Mm. So thinking about a 1 gig line to the home as being absolutely mind-bogglingly revolutionary right now, in 2 years time, it'll be commonplace. Yeah. Anyone's yeah. on a you're only on a 100 meg line? I mean, how could you live with a 100 meg line? But it
0: does get to a point, too. I mean, and, and this is why I like mean, I, I do mm. refer to it as fiber because I just love mm. my fiber mm. connection. But once you get to a point, and I think fiber in, in South Africa, we, we've we kind of seen the progress from dial up. We've been there within, within the well, last 15 years, really. Absolutely. From dial up only to ADSL when ADSL came, it was the best thing. Three gig for 500 or 600 bucks. So you only had three gigs of data, it was 512, I think, at max. Um, But it it gets to a point where, I mean, at a gig fiber, at a gig connection, like what I'm seeing here is 200 meg is probably the most you really need because a lot of servers cap out at about 200 meg. So the data you get is only going to come down at a certain speed.
1: We're also, let me tell you something, this whole fiber to the home is a bit of a scam in South Africa. No, don't say that. I'm telling you it's a scam. Please tell me. I'll tell you, something I'm going to do a lot more work on, something I've been thinking about a lot, the fact that you've got a 200 meg or a one gig connection between you and the ISP is one thing.
0: For sure, for sure.
1: Easy to do because fiber essentially has unlimited capacity. Mm. There is no contention on that link. When you get behind the scenes at the ISP, things change dramatically. Suddenly, you contend like mad. So the average home uh, connection could be contended 50 to 1.
0: Also depends on the uh, ISP,
1: right? It does depend on the ISP, but all of them for consumer grade in order to make a bit of money when you're paying business and you're paying 30,000 rand a month for a 100 meg line you know you've got a one-to-one connection to the internet and Mm -hmm. no one's on it Mm -hmm. with a consumer where you're paying 1500 rand for that line you know there's at least 50 homes or 50 other users contending your line and then the capacity from the isp to the to the global internet suddenly becomes massively contended for what you're doing so you might have a thousand megs to um the isp and then things slow down dramatically thereafter
0: but again i mean the isps that do that in a bad way obviously you know they're going to lose service people are going to start talking but the guys that don't i mean the guys that i'm with for example they offer i have only had good service with them because i've never had a day's worth of kind of contention issues or download issues or you know just capacity issues correct and i'm i'm not saying they're the only guys but it comes down to your experience and I would advocate that to other
1: guys no, yeah. no question no question I think it, but the problem is it's not very easy to understand what's sure. happening because the gap from a 10 meg ADSL line to a 100 meg fiber line is already so dramatically better that you don't realize what's going on but try running two 4k tv streaming in a home at any point in time along with 30 other devices and i don't know who has that it's probably someone in this room i I
0: think i think (laughs) I'm, i'm looking at him
1: even on a 200 meg line you run into trouble Really? Yes.
0: So it's about, what, like, let's say, a handful of devices, 20 or 30, with two h- large diff- 4K TVs.
1: Running two 4K TVs and a couple of other devices running in the house at the same time using a high-speed mesh network and fixed line for a whole lot of other devices, I run into what, trouble.
0: Uh, what routers are you using? What wireless they call, routers?
1: The wireless routers I'm using are something called Fritzboxes. Oh, I've never
0: heard of that. How's that?
1: Now, Fritzbox are one of the biggest manufacturers of cpe or consumer premises equipment in Mm -hmm. germany and they very very good devices they've got two things that most people don't even realize you need in a uh, a wi-fi router very fast processors and lots of memory Mm -hmm. and think about it when you had a 10 meg adsl line how fast did the data move it was incredibly slow but when you're talking about 200 meg line and the average speed for a 4K TV is 15 megabits per second, not megabytes, megabits per second to sustain a 4K stream. So your Wi-Fi's got to be capable of that on a continual basis. Your network's got to be capable of that on a continual basis, and all at the same time, you it's still busy talking to all sorts of other devices. Mm. So your iPhones are updating, your Android phones are playing games. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Your stuff is all talking. And if the processor in the little router is not able to deal with that traffic, Mm. it starts bogging down. And so many people get these cheap, horrible little uh, routers, like the the giveaways, the 300 and 400 buck or 500 buck ones, and then they wonder why their Wi-Fi is so shitty, or they're always there rebooting, because what happens, the tiny little processes, there either run out of capacity, or they run out of memory, Mm. and then the thing crashes, Mm. so then it freezes. Then it won't give you an IP address, you can't connect, then you you go and reboot it.
0: On the, the complaints groups where people yeah. say my Wi-Fi isn't working. I think that's kind of the consumer's next you know, understanding well, what technology needs to work And
1: mesh networks network. and, and yeah, things like network. this really make a difference. i running one of those here. And yeah.
0: to be honest with you, from moving away from the bundle router that came with my fiber connection to a mesh router, it's the Netgear Orbi.
1: Well, that's the same What's, sort of thing.
0: And I'm getting, I'm getting 400 meg Wi-Fi speeds. Anywhere in this house, anywhere on the property. Even in the corner there, it drops down to about 50, I think, behind all the seven and walls. And wow, those are sort of technology. things that
1: make a huge difference. I mean, this the, the Fritzbox router, for example, connects itself when it works the mesh. I'm getting a connection between box to box of 975 wow. megs. Because it's using a three x three MIMO connection it's yes, a separate dedicated channel. And it's a completely it separate channel which doesn't affect Wi Fi. So it's actually better than running almost as good as running a physical cable.
0: Yeah. And and, and if you look at the time and effort you spend off RAN cables here and well, it is South just Africa has a, a problem.
1: A there's pain. bricks and mortar and all sorts of things. It's hard to run cables. In America it's easy, you mm. know, so everything's chipboard. But up until
0: now it was really the only the only solution Correct. to get it. Access point somewhere. And that's
1: the sort of thing that you've got to worry about in your home. So having a fast fiber connection is one thing. But then all this other stuff. And when you tell someone, go out and spend three grand on a router, they go, oh, are you mad? Why would I spend three to five thousand rand on a router? And then you explain, guys, amazing bandwidth that you've
0: got a you've got
1: hundred megs coming in and you've got all the stuff connecting to it. Mm. And you've got this horrible little piece of 20s tech, <laughs> for want exactly. of a better word, trying to cope with it. It does not work.
0: No, I agree with you 100%. And on that note, thank you so much for your time, Stephen. I really appreciate Pleasure. it. In closing, tell me, what is, what is the best gadget you've played with in the last two weeks, two or three weeks? I mean, what is something that really stood out for you? Because well, you always have some interesting I've things. I've always hand, got cool right How many Kura phones best. are you carrying on your right now? Only four. Only oh, four. Only four. I need four. <laughs> and you wonder why your 200-meg <laughs> connection isn't holding up.
1: Well, at any point in time, here's the interesting thing. I have between 40 and 50 active devices connected to my home network oh, I love it. i'm going so, i want to
0: come there and I'll see the stats and on you're on your uh, you route. must see what's going see on
1: lines. it's just crazy and how oh, much data are you using nice. that's a month between 900 and 1.1 terabytes that's
0: that's a nice whole well here's number. the
1: thing a 4k movie is 30 gigs an hour 30 gigs of data an hour to watch a 4k movie and i have two 4k tvs
0: stream 4k then yeah.
1: yeah and but once you stream 4k you can't go back. The other day, at the, uh, here we go. Contention. We,
0: we digressing again. Right. Anyway, let's go, for it. let's go for
1: it. I was watching, and suddenly my TV went fuzzy. It dropped down to full HD. What? That's
0: unacceptable.
1: I, the the internet was something going on, and I couldn't watch. It was horrible. How can you watch in not 4K when you've got 4K? So anyway, that's a whole nother that's, story. That's yeah, not many At 30 have gigs that, an hour. Yeah.
0: my 720.
1: First world problems, boys. No, 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 well. no. Once you've gone 4K, you can never go back. And I've actually seen <laughs> commercial 8K. So no, no the, game, not, is yeah, the, the game, game is on. The game is on. But let's not. The let's coolest not little gadget us. I've played with I had a problem. Well, I didn't have a problem. I had a solution to a problem. No more copper. Had it with Telcom. Tired of phone lines and crackly connections and unplugging stuff when the lightning came. So I thought, you know what? Got fiber. It's time to move on to the new world. Ported my landline number, which three people, my grand, two aunts, and I don't know who else, phone.
0: Important people who, need, who still Important use Important people phones, who yeah. use
1: landlines, but they needed my landline phone. I own it. I've owned it for 20 years. Why would I change my landline phone? So I ported my landline phone to a, a particular company. won't mention names now, but there are a couple out there. A lot of ISPs, a lot of people do it. So I ported my number across, cost me 150 bucks. It now costs me 45 Rand a month to own my number. And that's based on something they call SIP, SIP Client. And all you need is a username, a password, and an address. With those three things, you can connect any SIP-based client, be it cell phone-based, be mm. it PC-based, be it a portable phone, to the SIP client, and your number works like a bomb wherever you are in the world. The problem is most portable phones in the home are decked based Those are the ones with a little base station, yeah. and you had to plug it into the wall. And there are sip decked clients, tons of them out there. Otherwise, there's SIP phones which you've got to plug in using a, a, yes, yes, a Ethernet connection. Oh, Ethernet, yes, Ethernet yeah, connection, yeah. which are all a bit clunky and a bit cumbersome. And this company called Nology, they're a local distributor oh, yeah, of all sorts Nology, of stuff, yeah. brought out a portable Wi-Fi based phone. So it's basically a phone without a SIM card. So you you get it. It looks like a normal portable phone. It's got a SIP client built in and a Wi-Fi connection. So you connect it to your Wi-Fi, you input your password, your username, and your um, SIP client address. Boom, you connect it. The best part is you can take it with you wherever you go, anywhere in the world. As long as you connect it to some Wi-Fi network somewhere, it works.
0: And you can connect your portable phone. I connected it to
1: my cell phone.
0: That's awesome.
1: I connected to my cell phone's Wi-Fi hotspot, and my home phone worked.
0: So, I mean, uh, why use something like that over just an app on your phone, a SIP app on your phone?
1: Because you can, you know, your cell phone has particular things. You go out with your cell phone. If you want to leave a phone at home, it's it's probably it's it's a home-based phone. It's an anachronism, or a business phone. phone. If you've got a business line, you don't want to have it on your home phone. It's just a great solution because it's Wi Fi based. It's simple. It works wherever you got Wi Fi. Decked often, you had problems. You know, if you moved out of the room, it crackled. Mm, the mm. range wasn't so great. So you've got a mesh network. You can wander down you to the bottom of your garden. Good point. And it's just a clever, simple little solution. And it sells for about 1200 Rand. And so you're going to see guys popping up at the, the local coffee shop using their home phone or their office phone. I mean, it's, I've got a client on my cell phone, mm-hmm. and I can receive my office number of calls on it. But it's just a cool solution because a lot of people want to keep their home phone separate to their cell phone. Yeah, That's probably the course. only real reason.
0: And I think, I mean, another reason, I guess, is, and we won't have this reason for long, is older, older generation people who just want a phone that can just do one thing. Correct. Um, just giving them a device like this on their network. You know, and You can take well, the charges away from any other landline-based number.
1: Same thing happened for my father. I did the same thing for him. He's in Parkhurst um he's got a landline again i think three aunts and a cousin know that number or, and myself but he wants a landline yeah. he's got his Old cell school. phone love it also i must tell you something where he lives in parkhurst for whatever reason the signal is always terrible you can never hear him
0: that's one of the reasons i started with their rollout project uh, fiber to the home there, because they had issues with mobile no, none of the mobile also to serve a see. lot of
1: places have got tin roofs yeah which make perfect point. faraday cave. Ca- you know mm-hmm. cages so he's got a tin roof so you walk into his house cell phone We're signals t- gone
0: like a good safe house right yeah absolutely <laughs> tin
1: hat house so it makes perfect sense in a case like that to have a, a sip based or to have a, a an alternative and this is a great alternative
0: definitely check them out They say Nology, right
1: knowledge it's it's got it's a 300 i forget the number but it's it's a wi-fi based sip phone it's yeah, on their we'll website on the you side. can find oh, it i've seen it on take a point. lot um, and it's around about 1,200 Rand, and it's really <laughs> a cool little gadget.
0: Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely be playing with that. Thank you again,
1: Stephen, for your time. Pleasure. Really appreciate it. Where can people find you online? You can catch me on Twitter at Ambia, or on my website, strategyworks.co.za, or techhuman.com. Or, if you really want to see all my reviews, you can go to businessbrief, bebrief.co.za. Lots of reviews, lots of interesting stuff on that too
0: fantastic well we'll be seeing each other at the next event I'm sure ah, no have you question. been playing with your Legos yet from um, last night's event they're
1: on the wall I see yours is on your desk <laughs> mounted super and super cool
0: yeah, geek talking we'll be back ch- chatting about that probably at one point again thank you so much for tuning in this is the best in tech uh, with Rechard and Steven and we'll be back again soon cheers